You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? I'm okay. I'm doing better than yesterday. You know, the sun came out for a little bit today. It was nice. I was outside for a little bit. You know, it's kind of one of those fall days where it's just brisk. And you know what it got me in the mood for? Pumpkin pie and apple pie. So guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? Make some pies. I'm going to be making some pies. Yeah. Yeah. Two fall favorites for we Americans. I'm going to be making a pumpkin pie. I've got a pumpkin downstairs, a real one. Yeah. I got a pumpkin Mm -hmm. pie. I got my pie dish, my ceramic pie dish already out. And I've got uh, a shallow... Uh, aluminum pie plate for my uh, my apple pie that I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to do a deep a deep dish pumpkin pie because <laughs> I just love pumpkin pie. And this is the time of year for it. Yeah, it's always the fall. This is the time you harvest the pumpkins, and this is what you do with them. Yeah, and um, uh, another one. Well, a personal favorite is also pecan pie, which is this time of year. Love um, pecan pie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has been absolutely wonderful here, uh, weather wise. Like. 70s during the day at night gets down in the 40s and 50s oh it's been so i'd I'd love this transition point when it's nice and like in the day sunny out it's not too hot in the sun you know but then you get in the shade and it's that just that slight bit of chill in the air yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's the kind are you feeling the uh the significance of today i have to ask are you feeling the the historic feeling of today Do, do you feel it Every day feels just as historic as the day before. Well, how so? I mean, today is a very special day. Today is a historic day. You can't deny this point in history. Um, I would say that in recent times, every day has felt a bit historic because I don't think in American history we've ever had a point to where the government is uh, doing mass lockdowns, essentially martial law and telling people they can't have normal lives unless they get vaccinated or wear a mask. Which doesn't protect you in any way, shape, or form, but they tell you that it protects you and that it's safe and that it's effective. That's killed over twenty thousand people. Mm. Uh, that's that's not a that's not a choice. That's not an informed choice at all. So yeah, in that respect, hey, I can't argue with that. That's that's historic, but it's not as historic as this. The Biden administration has dubbed transgender individual Rachel Levine the first ever female four-star admiral of the U.S. Health. Uh, excuse me, of the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps on Monday. I'm sure the gangsters in Beijing are just having a champagne toast uh, with a uh, with a hibiscus flower in it when they see this kind of stuff. Seriously, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're focused on. This is a historic event, according to the administration. Joe Biden's administration named Rachel Levine a top U.S. health official and transgender woman, the first ever female four star ad four star admiral. What kind of military background does he have? Oh, excuse me. She have. Thank you. Thank you. What kind of military mm-hmm. background do, um, how do, how do I even address this? Well, <laughs> it's no, it, I'll, I'll solve it for you. Rachel Levine is a he. He has not that's had his plumbing like, that's, that's clearly a dude. That's clearly a dude. You, yes, you, it's that clearly, is clearly a dude. I'm not trying to steal your phrases here, but that's clearly a dude. <laughs> it's clearly a dude. And the, the, the idea that you can just, uh, you know, change your gender on a whim. I, even if you had the plumbing reworked, you're still not the other gender because your 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 genetics are still the previous gender. So you I, go I'm not going to go down this crazy train. Yeah, you go from being the uh, the secretary of the Pennsylvania Department of Health. By the way, uh, this individual murdered people in those nursing homes, the same as Cuomo, but did it in the state of Pennsylvania under the guidance of Governor Tom Wolf. Mm-hmm. We're making them four-star generals or whatever in the hell this is, four-star admirals, when they should be convicted of murder and, and criminally negligent homicide. <laughs> we have truly gone off the deep end. But see, we can't question it because it's historic. It's historic. Yeah. 
Levine, who is biologically male, is the first openly transgender official confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Oh, jeez. So he was confirmed by the Senate. Sworn in today. Uh, by the that, Senate. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, that, that is a really good question. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Let me double check. It doesn't say. I'm reading the news statement that was put out for immediate release by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And clearly, Bruce, you can see this is their letterhead right here. Uh, statements by official U.S. Department of Health and Human Services commemorating first openly trans transgender four-star officer and first female four-star admiral, the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps on October 19th, 2021. It says nothing in there. I mean, it goes on to talk about historic accomplishments of LGBT, all that stuff. But it says nothing in here about being confirmed by the U.S. Senate, at least not in this. Um, uh, it, it, it may be that they don't go through that whole process. This um, I, I, I don't I don't know how they select their admirals normally, uh, but uh, this seems uh, I'm sorry. Uh, is this is this bizarre world or are we like is this the CCP? I mean, you would think so, right? I mean, here's the official Twitter of the Washington Post. So th this is this is what we're dealing with. Again, there's no confirmation that this was uh, put up by the Senate. So, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to. I just thought it was worth a mention because of just how insane it is. But you know what? I don't want to yep. talk about it anymore. I, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. That's just that that's horrendous. Southwest has dropped their plan to put the unvaccinated staff on unpaid leave starting in December. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be the fact that they actually took a serious market hit? Could it be the fact that they canceled, oh, I don't know, 2,000 flights a day? You see, I don't think these numbers that they're saying are vaccinated are true. I've never thought that because, again, these are the same people that lied to you about how many cases we had last year, all that asymptomatic spread, if you remember a year ago. But we've been so turned around and discombobulated over the last 12 months, and we're very forgetful, right? We can't remember what happened two weeks ago, let alone a year ago. So they don't want you to look back on a year ago and figure out that everything that they mentioned to you back then about all these cases where they justified or attempted to justify the shutdowns. They don't want you to look back at that and say, uh, well, yeah, they weren't even right on that. You notice how they haven't said that they were wrong about that? They haven't said anything about that. Do you remember the super spreader events that Fauci was all over TV talking about when the stadium said, you know what, you can go to hell, Fauci, we're going to open up, we're going to have baseball games? Do you remember the Texas Rangers game that opened up? You know, you remember the Neanderthal thinking mm -hmm. that Biden was talking about in Texas, all that Neanderthal thinking. How many people died as a result of that? You notice they don't say that they were wrong. Now, you know, Fauci said, well, it takes some time. It's going to take some time. And when that catches up with us, it's going to be catastrophic. Never happened, did it? No. See, I don't buy the numbers. I was talking to Bruce about this before we started. I don't think these are the numbers that they're looking for. The numbers that they want are the numbers that they're saying. The numbers that they have are the opposite of what they're saying. Let me explain. Let's look at the other agendas that they like to promote. Let's look at climate change. Okay, what did they do? Because they love climate change. What did they do with the climate change data? This is a typical communist tactic. This is what the Chinese Communist Party do. What do they do with the climate change data? They flip the numbers. What did they do with the COVID data a year ago? They flipped the numbers, didn't they? What are they doing now with the vaccination numbers? It's just that simple. They're flipping the numbers. If they say they have 74% vaccinated, assume they have 26% vaccinated. They flipped the numbers. That's all they've done. A good example of uh, the climate change nonsense, just off real quick. I remember growing up, they were talking about the ozone layer. And where's the ozone layer hole that they were talking about? Well, it's, uh, it's mysteriously it's sealed it's itself. Again. itself. Yeah, it's repaired itself. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. repaired itself mm -hmm. because you did what you were supposed to do and you didn't use an aerosol can. It's repaired itself. Uh, yeah, those didn't go away, by the way. The aerosol no. cans. No, they, they didn't. They, they're, mm -hmm. they're still there. Um, mm -hmm. This is breaking. Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas has tested positive for COVID and he's experiencing minor symptoms. Yeah. I wanted to mention, uh, well, you know, let's just finish Southwest here because I want to get to Colin Powell. Southwest scrapped a plan to put unvaccinated workers with uh, pending exemptions, pending, yeah, like they care about exemptions, uh, on paid leave until after the December 8th deadline. A lot of the workers are just calling in sick. They're doing a sick out or whatever it is. They're just using whatever sick time, vacation time, paid leave time they have. 
uh, and they're just taking it. And it's dealt a crippling blow to the airline. Delta reversed their whatever it was. They they reversed their stance on it. They said that we're going to give people the choice. We're not going to do that because it's going to put the airlines out of business. This is why I say they don't have the numbers that they're talking. They don't have them. Don't believe that. Think for yourself. Southwest Airlines scrapped a plan to put on evacuation. Uh, Southwest Airlines and American Airlines are among the carriers that are federal contractors and are subject to the Biden administration's requirements. See, it's not. Let, let's stop right there. That is not a requirement. That is not even an executive order. Show me. You can see the executive orders. Show me where he signed one. He didn't. Show me a memo that he said that he sent out to people saying that it had to be done. He didn't. He simply said it standing in a podium and then slunkered out the back door to go get a bowl of pudding. That's all he did. That's all the administration did. It's a bully tactic to get the businesses to conform to force you to take something you don't want and you don't need. That's all it is. By December 8th was the deadline uh, for the uh, employees to uh, to get it done, unless they're exempt for medical or religious reasons. Again, they don't care. They don't care. If you go to them and you say, look, I've got a doctor's note here. I, I was reading a story the other day about uh, I want to say it was like a teacher or something. She had something going on with like she had an issue with her immune system. She medically couldn't take it or it would kill her. She gave it to her employer and they said, we don't care. You're fired. You have a medical exemption. What? So let, let me get this straight. Take something that you don't need and die or what? Like what, what's what's the logic here? There, there isn't any. There, there hasn't been any. It, now we're just off in uh, an insane world. It's insane. Do you remember the lady we were listening to last night, Bruce? You know, perfectly healthy woman. We were listening to, to an interview last night of a woman from South Africa, perfectly healthy woman. She takes the jab. Man, this woman, my God, I'm surprised she was still alive yeah. after everything. Yeah. They ended up, yeah, I, I listened she, to, it, it, was, it was awful. I ended up listening yeah. to more of that interview today. And they had to put her under. She has now she has a pacemaker. She's got paralysis in her left leg. She might never walk again. She can't drive. Obviously, she can't work. And anytime she tries to explain to the doctors that she now has to consult for all of these problems that she has, she says, look, I was a perfectly healthy individual before I took this vaccine. And she's getting warnings by multiple doctors. If you keep saying that, we're going to have to put you in a mental institution because you don't know what you're talking about. This is where we are. Her advice was what I said the other day. Stay away from these people. Look after yourself. Keep your health in as best shape as you can for the foreseeable future. We were watching video earlier of this woman, who, this Italian woman who tried to go into a hospital and she couldn't go into a hospital because she didn't have a COVID passport. She literally got turned away. A woman carrying a cane got turned away at the doors by the police officers because she didn't have a vaccine passport. This is where we are. Two weeks flat in that curve, huh? Yeah, keep getting those tests, keep wearing that mask, keep doing that soft compliance, because this will continue as long as you continue to submit. Oh, OK, I don't want to take a vaccine. I'll just I'll just go along with the test. Don't you understand? It either all goes away or you keep it. There's no middle ground here. You can't have part of it and then get rid of part of it. It doesn't work that way. It's all or nothing. It was just the masks, right? It was just the mask. Just do the if you just have the mask thing, we'll knock this thing out. and it'll, it'll be gone. No, no, see, we, we got to test everybody. But see, you complied with the testing. OK, well, we got to take the vaccine because if you take the vaccine, then the testing will go away and the mask will go away. But they didn't, did they? Now you've got all three and you don't know what to do to get out of it. You stop complying all the way through. The whole thing has to stop or it doesn't stop. It's that simple. People keep asking me, well, why don't you just get tested? What's the problem? I said, you don't get it. Our forefathers died so we would have freedom of choice. I choose not to participate in this sick political game. I choose not to participate. But, I will not comply but, with this. Any of it. No, no. But 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 Washington, he, he made his his army uh, take a jab. Huh? Don't tell me that's what they're saying now. Yeah, that, that, that's that's one of the arguments before America was America. I haven't heard this one yet. Uh, I haven't. Heard, what are they saying now? He, he it was a smallpox vaccine that the uh, he mandated the army take. Uh huh. Now, I did see some stuff back in the day about uh, about the smallpox thing. Do you, do you know what they did? <laughs> it was I mean, it was horrible the way that uh, the way that people would do. Uh, you know, vaccinations and stuff back then. It was it was awful. The doctor or whoever it was would show up with a couple of people that were, well, they'd either passed on or they were about to pass on that were laying on the back of the wagon. And he would go out and he would get some of that infection. I'm not going to get too graphic here. 
And he would go in and he would create an incision in the arms of people and give them the infection. And that's how people would develop immunity. Uh, it's pretty horrific, barbaric by today's standards. Uh, but quite frankly, <laughs> what are we looking at here over the last 12 to 18 months? I'd argue that's just as barbaric, if not worse, because people are being hit with yep. it unknowingly. Yep. So the, the, the argument is, is uh, he mandated his army to take um, this smallpox vaccine. Um, the problem is that was before America was America. And that was the equivalent of the general telling his troops to do that, which is pretty much what we already do for our soldiers anyway, is you're required to get vaccinated. Now they're using that argument to say, well, see, the, the, you know, they've done it before. So why don't they do it now? Basically, never in American history has there ever been a mandatory vaccine that, that that's not something there is no mandatory vaccines. The only ones that, that have the mandatory vaccinations is soldiers. That's it. We, we, we don't do it anywhere else. Uh, if they do a mandatory vaccine uh, on the federal level or whatever. It'll be the first one ever done in American history for something that you have a 0.15% chance of dying from. So if they're going to do it for COVID, which is uh, almost benign for uh, the majority of, of the younger generations, it, um, no, hold 30 on and below. Almost benign. You have to be specific now, because if we're looking, if we're following the data and the science and the evidence and all mm -hmm. that stuff that Fauci mm -hmm. says that he's following, right? If we're actually following that, then it's almost benign for those people that have not been jabbed. That's fair. If they're doing this for that kind of a disease, they have to do it for the flu because the flu is far more deadly to 30 That's and below true. than That's COVID. True. And it's true. And you actually have a high, statistically, you have a higher chance of contracting the flu than you do of COVID at this point, do you not? According to the actual numbers. Yeah, both anecdotally and um, based on numbers, it seems like you're more likely to get the flu because I'm hearing report after report after report of people being in direct contact with someone with COVID and not getting COVID themselves. Mm, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Hmm. Colin Powell, General Colin Powell, uh, passed away yesterday at the age of, uh, what was he? He's like 80 something, 83, 84, yeah. something like that. He was in his 80s, that I know, like that. Uh, early to mid 80s. Colin Powell died, for, this is according to John Roberts, not John Roberts from the Supreme Court, John Roberts from Fox News, says that uh, Colin Powell died from a breakthrough COVID infections, uh, breakthrough COVID infection. And the question that he asked on Twitter was, which I'm surprised he didn't get uh, banned or, or whatever, or, you know, flagged or have his account locked or something. I'm surprised he didn't get any of that based on the fact of the tweet that he put out. The fact that Colin Powell died from breakthrough COVID infection raises new concerns about how the or how effective vaccines are long term. Well, they tell you that this is the contradictory point that you have to look at. They tell you get vaccinated. You hear Fauci talking about that crap all the time. Get vaccinated because it'll protect you. It'll stop, you know, severe symptoms and disease and death and blah, blah, blah. All the usual talking points. Right. That's what you hear. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Not in mm -hmm. this case. Did it? Mm -mm. No, it didn't stop the severe case. It didn't stop the hospitalization. It didn't stop the death. He succumbed to all three. So explain to me what the purpose is again. It, by the way, General Colin Powell died of uh, COVID-19 complications. That was the official cause yes. of death that was put out. Yeah, um, that's the official statement that he died of COVID-19 complications. Um, however, he had a uh, cancer of the blood, uh, some kind of I don't I don't know exactly what it was, but it was it had to do with his blood. And it also left him immunocompromised. But they don't tell you that part. They, they, they don't tell you that he was already immunocompromised. They don't tell you that he, technically he died of cancer. No, they don't tell you that. But the family wanted to make it known that he was fully vaccinated. Why? They did mention that in their tweet. They did point out that he died of COVID complications and uh -huh. while having cancer. And they listed the type of cancer he had and also say he was fully vaccinated. All the news stories that reported his death said he died of COVID-19. They did not make mention, except for the, the quote unquote alternate media. Uh, they pointed out that he was uh, he had cancer and he died of uh, uh, with COVID. So while being fully vaccinated, uh, but the mainstream media didn't point that out. They, they conveniently left out that he had cancer and that he was vaccinated. It's almost like they have an agenda to. But see, it, it, it's almost contradictory in their own 
uh, in their in their own narratives, isn't it? He was immunocompromised. He was fully vaccinated. He died with, did you say, with COVID or, or something like that, died of complications of COVID or whatever it was. Yeah, the, the mainstream it, says he died of COVID. Okay. Where well, he just died with COVID. Then, yeah, but then they say he was fully vaccinated. But in the same in the same show, they'll probably have some loser analyst come up there and tell you, get vaccinated because uh, it'll protect you against severe uh, symptoms and hospitalization and death. When in fact, they just told you that that did nothing. USA Today went on damage control right after that happened. Of course, like I said, they were scrambling. Take a look at this headline out of USA Today yesterday, Bruce. Colin Powell's death, the exception among vaccinated. Not proof inoculations don't work. The latest COVID-19 updates. (laughs) It's quite a specific um, statement there in your headline. Isn't it? Except we have case after case after case of people dying that have been vaccinated. It seems to punch a hole right through their narrative that says it, it stops death. In fact, there's a there's a great video I've seen. Unfortunately, I don't have the link for it. It was a timeline of all the narrative about the, the vaccines. And in the beginning, they were saying it was 100% effective at stopping death, right? And they were like, it had like a 98% efficacy and all of that. Some were saying it's 100% effective, almost 100% effective. And then it, it the timeline it plays them in order and you start seeing it's 98% effective, 95% effective, 93. Oh, it's 70% effective. Oh, now it's 30% effective against Delta. And now it's no longer effective at all. And now they're saying that it might actually cause more problems to with future versions causes um, bonding. Uh, the, the vaccine is bonding with the virus, also known as a leaky vaccine and causing more mutations. But clearly, you need to get out and get vaccinated. Safe and effective. Right. That fits the original research paper that we looked at. That fits what was going to happen. If we look at this being used long term, that's what it causes. You had the development of a SARS vaccine being worked on using mRNA tech many, many years ago. This is not something that's new. This is not something that they had uh, rushed. Operation Warp Speed, give me a break. They already had these things sitting in refrigerators ready to go. They were already there. They've been working on this for a long time. The paper that we went over from the University of Galveston, the bioresearch facility down there, the level four, they had tried to do this. All the animals died, all of them. And it was of the same complications we're seeing now. It was heart attacks, blood clots, strokes, uh, immunopathology, all, all of it, everything. We're seeing the same thing now. I was listening to an interview of a uh, of a UK funeral director, and it's it's a 20-minute interview. I, we put it up on our Telegram page. Uh, John O'Looney is the guy's name. So you can go and take a look at that. Um, go give that a watch. It's, tw- it's a 20-minute interview. This guy's talking about how a year ago, during all the shutdowns and everything, a year ago, and we had a funeral uh, a funeral director on from the UK. Not mm-hmm. this guy, but it was a different guy. Maybe I need to get back in touch with him and have him back on. Uh, but if, if if anybody's going to see a rise in death numbers, obviously it's going to be them. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. even telling us last year, Daryl was the guy's name. He was even telling us last year that they weren't seeing any of the death numbers. All the, all the piles of dead bodies that were supposedly in London and New York and LA and all the rest of it, they weren't there. They were called down to, what, what do you say they were called down to London to uh, pick up a couple of corpses? And they, a couple of the deceased, and they said, boy, you guys must be busy down here. And they're like, no, no, not at all. No, it's not nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. But now, now they're just inundated with people. And it's all people that have been most, well, mostly all people. I mean, you have some natural causes and stuff in there. But it's mostly, I think he said the numbers are upwards of 70% of the people that are passing away are double jabbed. Are any of those people that are double jabbed, are they going in for autopsies and seeing, you know, what the cause of death was or any of that kind That's of stuff? That's the problem is that right there. Some of them are doing postmortems and others are not. Now, see, that this is where it gets this is where it gets a little hairy because, I mean, you had a team of German doctors. You remember the, uh, the, the their top pathologist at the University of uh, at the University of Mannheim here who came out and said, um, you know, we're probably looking at a 30 to 40% death rate from the vaccination. We probably need to start doing autopsies. Nothing else was said about that. He came out and gave a, gave an exclusive interview to the Welt newspaper and nothing else was done about it. Now, mind you, that doctor, he's not an anti-vaxxer. He was double jabbed himself. And he's like, look, I'm not saying that we, uh, I'm not saying don't take the vaccine. I've had it myself. But, uh, 
I'm looking at these cases as a as a scientist and as a pathologist, as a career pathologist, one of the best in the country. You got to look at this stuff. And now there's a team of German doctors that are saying basically the same thing. They've corroborated his uh, his research. So sooner or later, the ugly truth of all this is going to start to come out. They're not going to be able to hide all this stuff forever. They're, they're not going to be able to. That's why I think they're shifting up now to economic warfare. And of course, the UK right on cue. I'm telling you, what did I say a couple of days ago? I said, the UK, you guys are about to get blindsided. You're about to get smacked up the side of the head because you don't see what's coming. Everybody's out having a good time now. Everybody's around. Yeah, you can go sit in a cafe or whatever. You don't have to wear a mask. You just wait. You just wait. It's coming. They're reporting today a record number of new cases of over 50,000 and a record number of deaths of 223. 12 and above, over 75% of which are vaccinated, as they're saying. Fully vaccinated, by the way. And the narrative, the narrative is already starting to take shape. Bruce, you remember Mr. Armageddon? Yeah, Neil Ferguson. You remember him? Mm -hmm. The guy that said we were going to have all 15 million dead and all the rest of it. Yeah, you remember that? Mm -hmm. He's out Mm -hmm. today. Times of London. This is what he's saying right here. Ferguson, (laughs) winter may require more COVID restrictions, Professor Neil Ferguson warns. That's a headline as of noon today, London time. How um, how exactly does he still have his job? And why exactly are people still interviewing him for his opinion and take when he was so god-awfully wrong? I mean, we didn't even reach the number he was talking about globally. No, no, we didn't. And of course, as of today, the UK Parliament didn't even vote on this. They didn't even vo- hear me. They didn't even vote on what they passed today. The UK Parliament extends the Coronavirus Act by another six months without a formal vote. They just did the I and the, and the nays, you know, that one, you know, the, the, just the, the voice vote with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know, Bruce, you take a look at this. How many people would you say are in that crowd right there? What? Uh, I don't know, 15, 20? Yeah. Yeah. 15 or 20. And that's I how mean, they passed it. it. It's If you've seen the UK Parliament building, they have four, what is it, five rows on either side of yep. seats. Yeah. Uh, it probably seats a hundred and some people in there, more than likely. There's like three people in each row. Yeah. And Boris Johnson, of course. Now, now, you, as I said, this is coming for the UK, for our UK listeners. This is coming. It's coming. You're about to get blindsided over there. Boris Johnson is keeping a, quote, very close watch on the latest statistics. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Hey, Boris, why don't you tell us about that lavish dinner you hosted last night from the CEO of JP Morgan, Bill Gates, and the 20 other top executives you had at number 10. Why don't you tell us about that dinner? Huh? What took place around that? Well, we'll talk about that here in just a second. Okay. We got a little bit of a tidbit on that. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, The UK hit almost 50,000 infections on Monday, the highest daily number for three months. Uh, You see, yeah, we're trending back down into the cold and flu season. Yeah, they're going to hit you with a good one here. As fears grow of the government's mask mandate, vaccine passport, and homeworking plan B. Yeah, they got plan B. Yeah, see, you're just going to, because they they made that extension, you're you're just going to have to... You're going to have to probably go with plan B. Although number 10 has insisted that there will be uh, no plans. There are no plans to uh, reintroduce strict measures. Uh, Do you know what that means? That means you're going to get it. You're going to get them. You're going to get it. Uh, By the way, the government's own website in the UK, the co.uk.gov, whatever the hell it is, we we actually went there. They're saying that as of mid-December, they're already saying it without even hyping up this garbage and these fake numbers. They're already saying by mid-December, you will have vaccine passports in businesses and you won't be able to show any kind of medical exemption. They're already saying it. It's there. The writing's on the wall. Now, they say the booster jab rollout has slowed down. It's slowed. I'll bet it's non-existent. I'll bet it's non-existent. We saw a quote in a paper the other day out of the Daily Express from a doctor who said, you know what? These booster jabs, that's the dog's dinner. We don't understand why people aren't taking advantage of that. Are, are you that far out of reality, sir? Are, are you really that far disconnected? I mean, my God, we're, we're well over a year into this. There's no hope for that. There is no hope for that. Officials reportedly claim that Plan B will be implemented if hospitalizations top 1,000 a day. Well, seeing as how anybody that goes into the hospital is now COVID uh, or they won't see you because everything's been turned into that. Well, um, if you get 1,000 people admitted for, I don't know, the sniffles or a sneeze or a cough, well, then there's a COVID hospitalization. Now, on Monday, so yesterday, there were 915 
NHS COVID hospital admissions. Well, see, you're just a few numbers away from having plan B implemented. So you know where that's going, right? You know where that's going. So on to the dinner, on to the dinner from uh, from last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that this was a this was a topic of, uh, of conversation. Sustainability, you know, the, the green movement and everything. You know, that was probably a probably a deal. As of today, Boris Johnson has announced a pricey tech partnership with uh, some guy named Bill Gates. I'm sure it's, yeah, it's just just coincidence. I, and he just had dinner at number 10 last night. Boris announces this today. I'm wondering if this might have something to do with it. They're doing a uh, so-called green industrial revolution. Uh, and it's going to cover the costs uh, Britain couldn't pay itself to meet under the climate commitments that they had set. So, uh, Bruce, you look a little shocked over there. Is, is there something you want to say on that before I go any uh, further? Not shocked. It, it's just, I'm 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 disappointed. I'm I'm just disappointed in the people of the world. It seems like I don't know. In hindsight, but see, here's the uh, thing, maybe, though. Maybe, are we are we just on that point? And I, I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but there were cars like Bill Gates pulled up in front of Number Ten last night, and he couldn't get in because there were so many people out there standing in the way, screaming, "Arrest Bill Gates!" They're marching down to central London, to the media buildings, and to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation buildings in London saying, arrest Bill Gates. So I don't think that it's a, I I don't think that it, it, to be honest, I don't think it should be a disappointment in the people because the people see what's going on. The problem is, is that their voices aren't being heard and these insane out of control leaders that are nothing more than puppets for the central banks are doing it regardless of what the populace is actually wanting. They're not governing in the best interest of the people, they're doing whatever in the hell they damn well please. Uh, I'm still somewhat disappointed in the people uh, because we got to this point in the first place. The the fact that they were given, you give them an inch, they take a mile. You, you know the phrase. That's that's exactly what happened here. Um, I hope this awakens more people and um, this, this pretty much ends the um, heavy reliance on government that we're now experiencing. I hope they... Uh, start turning from that but that's yet to be seen okay yeah no argument there won't argue with that let me let me throw this in there uh a guess at to what they talked about i i I imagine they're going to talk about regulating the internet because that's something that has to be done um no that wasn't in there they were talking this was strictly the the green thing this wasn't about uh regulation of internet or anything like that well you 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 have to regulate the internet though because well it's using too much energy yeah, sure. Yeah, just like, you know, cryptocurrencies, that's just, it's, it's using too much energy. Uh, we will only achieve, this is Boris's quote, we will only achieve our ambitious climate goals if we rapidly scale up new technologies in areas like green hydrogen. It's, where, where were you fools 30 years ago when, when those of us that were screaming about uh, hydrogen production back then? But see, he announced last week that nuclear power is going to be at the center of England's new uh, was it like green, uh, whatever this is, green power, energy, whatever in the hell they're going to do. So that that would be their hydrogen. But they say they're going to also work on sustainable aviation fuels, technologies that seemed impossible just a few years ago. That's what they're going to be focused on. Uh, alongside Bill Gates, Boris Johnson also laid out a plan to deploy 400 million pounds in investments into green technologies, heralding the Microsoft founders cash as the key element in a development program that would otherwise be commercially unfeasible and thus too expensive. You mean to tell me that you can't come up with 400 million pounds in that country of taxpayer money? You've squandered, what was it, 55 million pounds a week to belong to that ridiculous farce of a European Union? And then you got some of it back for projects that they told you what it had to be used for under their stipulations? You mean to tell me you can't come up with 400 million pounds? When you're paying, when you were paying fifty-five million pounds a week to belong to the EU for a membership fee, come on, that's ridiculous. That is absolute. That's a farce, and that's a disgrace. That is a disgrace, and that is just that is just a failure. That's a failure to the good people of England. That's what that is. I'm assuming that when we get into green technologies, we're going to be looking at things like this. This is fresh out of the World Economic Forum. You can toddle on over to their website. Actually, I'll be posting this in our Telegram page today. Why getting rid of paper passports might be good for business. Uh, That's exactly why it would be bad for business is if you get rid of paper passports. This is just like this is the same argument they're making about cash. In this photo that they publish here, you see a few things. You see an airline boarding pass. You see 
a passport, a paper passport, and you see a MasterCard, and you see a Visa card. What was it that Klaus Schwab said? In the coming years, we were going to see a merger of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. That seems to be just about all of them, doesn't it? Your physical identity is your passport. Your digital identity is your boarding pass. Contains all your information on the barcode there. The paper passport has been criticized by some experts. <laughs> I'd love to meet some of these experts. Has been criticized by some experts as an instrument... <laughs> Listen to this. As an instrument of exclusion. See, passports are not inclusive enough. You hear this? Paper passports are not inclusive enough. That's where we're at now. That, that's, where we're, that's where we're at now. As far as I know, anybody can get a passport as long as you have the correct information... Anybody can get one. How is that not inclusive? It's estimated um, that 4% of Americans possess U.S. passports. That is, that's shocking. 4% of Americans possess passports. That's unacceptable to me. That is unacceptable to me. Yeah, uh, it's intentionally exclusive, by the way. It's exclusive to the nation that the passport is in. So like if you're an American, only Americans can get the passport. So yes, it is exclusive in that sense. Yeah, it. Um, Here's mine. It's not that hard to get. You can see this is an actual passport in the United States of mm -hmm, America. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not that hard to get. It's really not. To be honest, though, I will agree that getting the passport was a little bothersome. Um, yes, true. Yeah, you've got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have one as well, and um, it did not come on time. First of all, I had I paid extra for it to come on time. It did not come on time. They did not reimburse me for the delay that they inevitably did. Again, I love the government. They work for you. And then all, yeah. And then all the paperwork that I brought, which was everything that they required, they were trying to tell me this wasn't good enough. Birth certificate, you know, social security number, place of address, all the, all the stuff that they required. State ID wasn't, wasn't good enough. So yes, um, it is problematic, but it's government, of course. I don't understand how they're saying that it can't be. Well, they're just all they're doing. They're they're inserting a a political agenda inside their push for a digital passport. That's that's all they're doing here. And you know it's going to be tied in with COVID and banking and and all the rest of it. That that's the that's the push here. And it's going to be that's also going to be tied to your internet ID as well. You notice they're as Bruce said. You notice they're going after yep. the internet. That's going to be the internet ID. They are clamoring for an internet ID. Some countries with the greatest number of highly educated immigrants, India, China, and the Philippines have the, some of the most travel-restricted passports. That's because their governments are awful. That's why. That's why. That, that's why they have restrictions. Just, just, just looking at this from a security standpoint, taking out the fact that it's going to be a centralized system and taking out the fact that it's going to be government, right? That's running all this. Your ID gets stolen. Uh, you know, the, um, that's it. That's everything. They have everything. They, they now have your, your, um, your ID, your driver's license. They have your, uh, credit cards. They have your banking information. They have your social security number. They have your place of residence. Uh, they have everything, your medical history, all of it. If they get a hold of that with this digital system that they're wanting to do, uh, it is gone. Like everything, like, <sighs> It's so frustrating that they're they're some of the some of the videos I've seen on this. They're talking about like it'll be convenient for you because then you'll be able to go online oh, yeah. and shop, and you no longer yeah, have yeah. to worry about like finding the well, right credit card that'll work or any of those. Well, the things. video we watched it's all yesterday, right there. yeah, the video we watched yesterday. You know damn well that's going to be out of the world economic form. That's going to be tied into it. That's up on our Telegram page as well. It's a COVID passport that tracks you through your blood. You actually have to give them blood yep. DNA samples? Go to hell. Go straight to hell. Yep. You have to make sure you're not infectious before uh -huh. you can travel. Yeah, sure. And, and then, then everybody's sitting in the traveling. airport. Yeah, and everybody's sitting in the airport with masks on. It's truly disgusting. As people going through border checkpoints wearing masks. Give me a break. What kind of sick world are you people living in? What, what kind of sick world are you living in? And on top of that, what do they say? They, these people, they are so mentally deranged. They have the audacity in that same video to come out and say, we that's, won't track that's you. That's exactly what the system's designed to do is to of track you. Of course it is. Of course it is. The system is tracking you and they're telling you it's not designed to track you, but it will help you become more carbon neutral. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be for your convenience uh, to being carbon neutral, obviously. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I cannot, like, 
I like my anonymity. That's the other thing that I enjoy is, is I enjoy being a nobody in the middle of America. I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Now, if they have it all digitized and your internet profile is tied to the real you, some dude in Beijing's going to know who the hell you are. I, I don't want that. Thanks. Digitizing passports could listen to this. Now, again, this is out of the World Economic Forum. Digitizing passports could improve efficiency and lower costs while boosting cross-border travel and helping tackle labor shortages. Do you want to actually fix that problem? Easy. Get out of the way. Shut up. Take your ridiculous garbage ideas down the road to a place where somebody will actually want them. Uh, if you want to boost cross-border travel, get out of the way of these airlines and let people go back to life. You want to help tackle a labor shortage? Let people apply for visas, work visas in a foreign country and stop with all the COVID garbage digitizing passport. No, if you're if you're from another country and you come across the border, all they do is require you to take a regiment of ivermectin and then you're bust off into the middle of uh, America. No, that's true. Unless you're from uh, the English block, then of course you know you've got to you got to take the vaccine. You can't go anywhere. You right. Can't go anywhere. Right. There's a right. There's a uh, there's a bill in Congress right now that's uh, set. I'm sure, and you know damn well it's going to pass. Uh, it's set to pass here in the next. Uh, I think it's in the next week or two. I can't remember. It's SB Senate Bill something. It's it's Diane Feinstein's bill, whatever it is. It's the one that's not going to allow any Americans to get on an airplane at all. If you're not vaccinated, that one. And the, there's nothing in there. I don't th even think about testing or exemptions or any of the rest of it. I mean, that's that's how sick these people are. That's where they are. That's where they are. If I were only a billionaire, I'd be starting. There'd be so many businesses I'd be starting up right now. Oh, to compete I would, with, with, I with would this be nonsense. Going, I'd be going nuts if I had the yeah. if I had the if I had the excess capital right now. I'd be going nuts yeah. trying to counter everything that these people are doing. I, I'm serious. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be suing any of them. I'd be saying, look, you want to work? Okay, I'm going to open up a restaurant. I'm going to open up a, a cafe. I'm going to open up a grocery store. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to require any of my employees to do this. I'm not going to require any of my customers to be, uh, to be vaccinated. Come on down. Which business do you think would flourish at this point in time? Which one? And I'm going to tell every clipboard thumping bureaucrat that comes down there to get the hell off my property. Every last one of them. Go ahead and send me your fines. I'll crumple them up and throw them in the trash. It means nothing to me. The standard template for passports was created more than a century ago, and many argue, again, I'd like to meet the many, many argue that it's due for a major rethink. Again, I'd like to meet uh, the many. I I'd like to meet the many. I haven't met a single person in all my days, all my travels, all the rest of it. I haven't met a single person that says that passports need to be digitized. I've never met a single person that's ever said that to me. As a matter of fact, most people don't even care. They just show it once to get into whatever country they're going to. They get their stamp. They like their stamp. They like to show off their stamps. As a matter of fact, when you travel, that's what you do. You sit down. Oh, you got your passport. Yeah, all right. Where you been? You know, let's, let's take a look. Let's look uh -huh. at the stamps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You ask them, you know, they haven't been stamping them for quite some time, but you ask them to stamp it on purpose. They still have them. You ask them to stamp it on purpose so you can prove you're actually there. You know, all the little blank pages in there that say visas. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Digitizing. Economists and open border advocates like George Soros, I'm sure, point out that tethering one's prospects to a paper-based travel document, one originally meant to expedite queues at European train stations, has been proven to be inefficient, costly, and ultimately inequitable. There's that word again, inequitable. You see, you see Bruce, passports are inequitable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I fully expect them to be inequitable because here's the thing. If you're of the Iranian descent, as an example, I don't want you freely traveling to the United States without going through the, the proper vetting processes. That, that's just as a, a basic example. Or maybe, maybe one that's closer to home uh, in recent times. If you're from Afghanistan, yeah, I, I want you to go through the proper vetting process and have the proper documentation. I don't want you here, you know, illegally. Now, see, you're, you're looking at it all backwards because I, I'm going to quote here. Karoli Hendricks, who is the CEO of the Estonian immigration and relocation tech company, Jabatical, is an ardent critic of the passport paper trail. She said the modern passport was designed by a Western centric organization after the First World War. It became the object of freedom for advantaged, mostly Western countries, but a burden for others. The irony is that today, the passport doesn't even help those Western economies. How so? How so? 
How does it not help Western economies? You got people making business trips all the time, making deals in other countries for their supply chains. How does it not help them? How does it not show you uh, you know what this is? They're just making an argument here for open borders. That's all they're doing. That's all yep. they're doing. Yeah. Um, if you want your open borders, it, you, you have to do one or the other. Either you do open borders and absolutely no welfare systems, absolutely no benefits like that. None. No, no, no. Even even if you were to do those steps, historically, you cannot. Every time we've tried to do this open border society stuff, it just doesn't work. It, it all turns to just complete hell. All of it. We tried the open border stuff before in history. I mean, obviously nothing in, in modern times. We've tried this open border stuff. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's not a system where everybody has been brought up uh, at, at the same level. You've got, you've got some countries now that are still stuck and will be stuck in tribalism for many more centuries. They haven't made it out of these uh, these tribalistic mentalities. They just haven't advanced past that. What, are you going to sit here and you're going to seriously tell me that the Taliban, with their mentality, are you going to tell me that they are compatible with a New York business crowd in midtown Manhattan? Are you going to tell me that? No, I don't think so. <sighs> Clearly, we're just bigoted, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's just that's what it is anyway. Latvia announces a four-week lockdown for COVID-19 as cases spike. Yeah, they were out there in front of their government building every day. So they're going to be, yeah, see, you you stood up against the government. You stood up against the government. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. I'm not taking lectures on freedom. Yeah, see, he's not taking lectures on freedom. Yeah, he's not in today. He's not in today. So yeah, you're going to have to lock down because you didn't, uh, you didn't do what you were told. Uh, okay, Bruce, let's talk about William Shatner. Uh, we talked about it. Did we did we discuss this the other day? I can't remember. Did we talk about this? We, we talked about it offline, I think. Okay, William Shatner, 90 years old. I, I never would have guessed that guy was 90. 90 years old. He doesn't look like he's 90, does he? He doesn't he act doesn't. like it either. He looks, 90 uh, years old, that he guy He looks pretty is. good for 90. Yeah. He does. And he he acts like he's, I don't know, in his in his 50s? I mean, what? What is this guy getting like vitamin infusions every day? Whatever. Okay, 60s even. My God. Yeah, good genes. Yeah. Okay, so Star Trek actor, obviously the first Star Trek actor. Mm -hmm. So him going up into space, that's a big deal. Yeah, for him actually doing it for real and not on uh, on a Hollywood movie set. He's actually done it. 90 years old. He's up there. I think Bezos, you said Bezos paid his way. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. It, it's Bezos probably paid for him. It's not that he couldn't afford it, but oh, sure, sure. Honestly, having the first, if I'm, uh, you know, Star Trek captain, like yeah. Star Trek, so well known globally, it would be uh-huh. a publicity stunt to have him on there. So yeah, you know what? If it were me, and this is just this is just me, okay. If it were me, and if I were in Bezos's place, I would have taken William Shatner up on my flight, right? I, I don't want anybody else to have that one. I'd have taken him up on my flight. That's what, yeah. that's, that's just me, right? Just as a, true a, as a courtesy, that's what it would have been because you go up for you being the first entrepreneur in space or what? No, Branson was. And then yeah, Bezos was, was second. Okay. So for him being the, uh, you know, putting his own company up there in space, I would want to take of all people, I'd want to take William Shatner with me. That's just my own personal preference. But Anyway, so Shatner goes up there. You've seen the video, I'm sure. Everybody's yeah, done their yeah. like little thing about it. He's going crazy saying, oh, God, oh, oh, uh, you know, his usual thing. But as he's looking down, you can see that he's got like this this shocked look on his face. And I can understand that. I, I can understand that. I mean, that's that's got to be that, that's got to be an experience unlike anything for this guy, because, you know, and he, he doesn't take the, the role that made him famous. You know, Captain Kirk from Star Trek, he doesn't take that role seriously. He never has. He's never let that be a defining moment for him. It's just a role that he played. He was never uh, somebody that really got into it. That's why he doesn't go to any of these like Star Trek conventions or anything like that. He he doesn't do that stuff. So uh, he plays this role. He doesn't. And I, I, are you sure he, he doesn't? Because I don't think there, he does. there's kind of a. I've never seen him. The, what what what's his face? That uh, Sulu. He uh, yeah. the 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 actor Takai that played Sulu. They, or whatever his name is. They, yeah. They, they but both they don't get along. Heads all the time. Yeah, they don't yeah. get along. But yeah. and there's. Okay. Maybe that's why he doesn't go to them is maybe, because maybe he does. I, I just I, I know that people, you know, they always like you always see a video and stuff like the fans that always, you know, diehard Star Trek fans. They they walk up to this guy and, you know, they're always saying, hey, you know, hey, Captain Kirk. And he's like, look, just get away from me <laughs> right? because he's like, look, I just played a role. That's all I did. 
I just played a role. And of course, you know, he played the, all through the movies and everything like that, uh, kind of breathed new life into the franchise. But anyway, side issue. But never in a million years did that guy think at the time that he would ever really get to go into space. I can't imagine they would have thought that, but he actually has. And oddly enough, when he goes up there, he comes back down. He goes on the Today Show on NBC in the United States, and he says that the world needs to prepare for the coming catastrophic event. What in the world is the coming catastrophic event? I'm quoting here. He says, the fragility of this planet, the coming catastrophic event, and we all need to clean this act up now. Is he talking about man-made climate change or is he talking about something else? That was my, so upon hearing the line, that was my assumption is that this he's talking about man-made, man-made climate change, talking about needing to clean the act up, uh, the fragility of the planet. It all sounds like typical talking points of uh, the, the, the climate change agenda. That said, we also have uh, news stories where, I think it was, was it this month? NASA was launching a probe to impact an asteroid to try to throw it off course. So in in case of the event of uh, a, a deadly asteroid is going to hit the planet and we detect it soon enough, we, we, we know that we can, you know, hit it with a rocket or something or a probe to push it uh, away from the planet enough to, to miss. Well, um, to be honest, if we could, if we could um, stop with this petty elitist banker boy, little white shoe boy club we got going on here, if we can get away from these slugs, then maybe we can innovate our way so we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that that, that would be a good um, a, a good start. The other possible solution to this is um, in the movies, they, they um, uh, set off a nuclear explosion. Not ideal in space because then radiation just kind of sits there. And the explosions are much bigger in space because you don't have air resistance and all that fun stuff. So instead, what if we used a MOAB, something that does not leave radiation and has a high imp- like high impact? Or a hydrogen it, it, bomb. Throw it at the... Huh? Or hydrogen bomb. Uh, still the same problem. You still get some radiation from a hydrogen bomb. Not, not yeah. as bad no, as not the as bad, typical, yeah. but okay. it's... Yeah, I see your point. Yeah. So, but hit it at... You know, if if we supposedly have this hypersonic technology, um, why don't we throw a, a a rocket at it moving 20 some thousand miles an hour smash into it? So the kinetic force and then the explosion of the ordnance would throw it off course, break it up, make it a, a, a not dangerous meteor shower. I don't know, something like that. But anyway, that's a side that 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 was a side journey to say that I think what he's talking about there is either climate change or some kind of catastrophic event like an asteroid or something that wouldn't explain if it was an asteroid, it wouldn't explain the clean up your act kind of a thing that 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 doesn't fit. So I think it's climate change. The clean up your act thing. We need to clean this act up now or whatever it is. He said, I wasn't certain until today about that part of it. I wasn't certain until today. Once I saw what was out today, then it fell into place and it follows along with exactly what you said. It is climate change. That is the new talking point is cleaning the act up. And the reason I say that is this right here. Take a look at this. Prince William says that humankind must unite in repairing our planet. Kind of goes along with cleaning up your act, doesn't it? Yeah. You got to clean up your act. See, you're the cause of this. Yeah. Side note real quick. Interesting Mm -hmm. that he's standing in front of the U.S. There. Yeah. Yeah. You notice that too. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Prince William, the Duke of Cambridge, made the remarks at the first Earthshot Prize on Sunday. Prince William found the Earthshot Prize, an environmental awards ceremony. Yeah. See, this is just another one of those things like the Golden Globes or the Academy Awards or the SAG Awards or the Met Gala, where they give their ridiculous, meaningless, pointless, stupid awards that no one watches to each other. So they can exist continuously in their their echo chamber, in their feedback loop of just nonsense. That's all this is. The Environmental Award Ceremony, which his Royal Foundation describes as the most prestigious global prize for the environment in history. Uh huh. How much damage is done to the environment by handing out these awards? And, and uh, how many of them flew there probably on their private jets and sailed there in their uh, their 1500 horsepower uh, yachts or whatever it is, burning diesel all the way across the Atlantic or the Pacific to mm-hmm. shuttle their fat asses in there to get it. Or the uh, manufacturer of the uh, the award that's handed to them. Uh-huh. What, what kind of a process was it to mine that material and then uh, produce the product that they handed out? 
Not to mention the dinners that they're probably having that are, um, you know, according to the elite, we have to get rid of meat and all of that. So Uh what what kind of damages do they cause there to raise the cattle or whatever animal it was that they're ingesting? Uh I'm sure that it's uh, I'm sure it's all vegan. I'm sure it's all plant based. And I'm sure they're eating. Uh, I'm sure they're yeah. eating worms mm-hmm. and insect butter and uh, and everything else. And they're drinking Bill Gates water well, and, but and then Bill it's Gates not, eating it's, Bill it's, Gates it's, bread. It's not. It's not vegan anymore if they're eating insects. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Now these awards, they award five winners. That's all they get. Five winners. That's all. You only get five. You got. You got one in five shot chance to get one of these every year. Either an individual, a group, city, company, or even a country can get one. One million pounds for finding workable situations to sustainability and to achieving what the prince calls Earth Shots. The event at Alexandra Palace in London was attended by Hollywood stars, including the climate change warrior Emma Watson, you know, from the Harry Potter movies and Extinction Rebellion enthusiast Emma Thompson. Yeah. Extinct- Extinction Rebellion was there. Yeah. How about you drag off some of those idiots that are hanging out in front of the uh, uh, the crosswalks in the UK? How about you drag some of those idiots in there? Yeah, let them take part in your ceremony there. They're out there doing your bidding, stopping traffic, disrupting people's daily lives. All of these people who attended were asked to consider the environment when choosing their outfit. You hear this? Yeah, what are they using, like vegan thread or something? Others turn up to the green carpet. Uh, green carpet. Yeah, see, it's not a green. It's not a red carpet. It's a green carpet with this one. Uh, include singer Ed Sheeran. I, I don't know who that is. Uh, Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. And Sir Ed David Sheeran. Attenborough. Who? Uh, who? Ed Sheeran, yeah. Ed Ed Sheeran, who's that? I have no idea. I I I've heard people talk about him, and a few talking heads like the content uh-huh. he puts out. I don't uh-huh. know. Okay, whatever. Uh, it means nothing. Mayor yeah. of London, Sadiq Khan. Yeah, I'm sure he gives a damn about the environment. And Sir David Attenborough, he's the guy that narrates the nature shows on Netflix when the BBC puts out those productions. In a pre-recorded video message, Prince William said, according to Sky News, yeah, because they're so trustworthy, according to Sky News, we are alive in the most consequential time in human history. Of that, I would agree. Me personally, I would agree with that. We are alive in the most consequential time of human history because it is our time to make sure that scum like you doesn't get a place in the future that we need. That is a consequential time in history, sir. I have to agree with you there wholeheartedly. The actions we choose or choose not to take in the next 10 years, I'm assuming he's talking about the year 2030, (laughs) something about that year, will determine the fate of the planet for the next 1,000. That's true. I agree with that. I agree with that. Thousand years of darkness if we don't get rid of you pieces of garbage. Actually, I, I, I agree, actually. Depending on how this goes down, I agree. It will change yep. the next 1,000 years. And mm-hmm. not just because of the digital dark age, not just because of that, for other reasons as well. And those in the know will get my drift. Prince William appears to be operating under the belief that there are only 10 years left to fix the earth. It was, uh, what Didn't we have like nine years or was it mm-hmm. seven years? Bernie said it was six, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it's probably in the, the vicinity of like seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years. That, that'd be about right. I'm trolling and all of this. Uh, not really trolling. I'm kind of joking because those in the know, seven years, thousand years, thousand years uh-huh. apiece after the seven year tribulation. Yeah. 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 I got uh, it. Yeah, I got it. He went on to say, and I'm, I'm wondering, where's Greta Thunberg? Why wasn't she there? I mean, I, I would have thought of all people. She was she was too busy rickrolling on stage. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Concert. Yeah, she was doing like mm-hmm. the Tom Jones thing or whatever it was. Yeah, on the on the stage there. Yeah, to some fawning idiots out there that probably have brain dead parents. Yeah. Prince William went on to say, I want to say something to the young watching tonight. For too long, we haven't done enough to protect the planet for your future. The Earth shot is for you. I can't help but think here that they are... Uh, they believe that they're going to um, by this this term that he's picked out for this organization that he probably didn't even come up with. It was probably tasked to him. Earthshot. I'm assuming they're talking about vaccinating the planet. I'm just assuming here because they're talking about fixing things. What does Bill Gates want to do? He wants to fix people. Does that sound about right? When in reality, he's the one that's damaged. They want to fix the earth when in reality, they're the ones that are doing the damage. And if you don't believe that, let's look at all the garbage and I mean literal garbage, let's look at all the garbage that has been created because of the procedures and rules and regulations and everything else that they have implemented using these governments. How many masks do you see rolling through your neighborhood now out in the streets? I see them all the time. 
I, I'm in a relatively small town outside of the city, out in the countryside. I see them everywhere. What have they done to foster recycling programs? What are they doing to get you to actually become a conservationist, not a radical environmentalist? What are they actually doing to do this? Anything? No, they're exacerbating the problem. Electric cars. How are electric cars kinder to the planet and to the environment? They're not. Look at the way the lithium batteries are made. How are solar panels that cannot be recycled in any way, shape, or form? How is that kind to the environment? It's not. No, none of this stuff is. He says, in the next 10 years, we are going to act. We're going to find the solutions to repair our planet. Please keep learning, keep demanding change, and don't give up hope. We will rise to these challenges. You know, I see a parallel here, right? Because we're the ones saying exactly that last line there, aren't we? We say that here all the time. Think for yourself, right? Meaning, keep on learning. Demand change. Get back to what was wrongfully stolen from you. Get back to that. Demand that change. Demand the change that makes you a better individual, not someone that's dependent on this ridiculous system that they've torpedoed. Don't give up hope. Don't surrender to this. They want you to quit. They want you to give up. They want you to submit. They're going to do everything within their power to make sure that you aren't a part of the future that they're trying to build. This is 110% pure propaganda, and you should reject it wholeheartedly on its face. The same thing with this COVID garbage. You get rid of all of it or you keep all of it. There's not a middle ground. All right, we're out of time. We're going to have to go. So for those of you not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week for our Telegram subscribers that do get it early, but you also get it again on Monday if you're on our regular platforms. But if you want it early, get over there and get signed up to us. You also get access to our news feed as well as comment section. Drop a comment in over there. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.